This is the Food Factor Podcast, the show that talks about the connection between your health and what you eat or don't eat. I'm your host, Stephanie Mahachek, clinical nutritionist, health coach, science nerd, perma student, and mother of four. I love dogs, babies, and most of all, talking about all things health, wellness, and the weirdness of the human body. Thank you for being here. Hello, welcome back to another episode of the Food Factor Podcast. I am so glad that you are joining me today because we are going to be talking about something that's super, super, super important and one thing that people don't realize that they can actually be, and that is your own health detective. So today I want to talk about how you can be a detective when it comes to your own health simply by looking at your lab work from your doctor. Now I'm going to share some personal examples of labs that I recently had done because I want you to see that even if your labs come back as normal, if you are having symptoms or if you aren't feeling well, then it's not normal and you need to keep digging. So let's dive in. Now I wanna give a slight background story on kind of the situation with myself. So I was having some symptoms where I wasn't as energetic as I normally am. Uh, my sleep was all sorts of wonky. Um, my, I was having dizziness. I was having some heart palpitations and dizziness and just this like kind of tunnel vision type of thing going on. And I was like, well, that's not good. Let's get in. So it had been a little while since I had gotten some lab work done. I think it would have been actually three years since 2019. So I decided to go in and get some labs done. So labs are a great way to see what's going on internally. Obviously, it's your blood work, so what's going on internally. The problem, though, arises when you get your labs done and they all come back as normal. Such was the case with me. But I was having symptoms. Something was clearly not normal. If you don't feel right or you don't feel well, it's not normal. So let's talk a little bit about the the lab ranges to start with. So standard lab ranges, which is what you would get when you go to the the doctor, standard lab ranges are based on averages from healthy populations and tend to be more broad. They help doctors make treatment decisions based on a number being either high or low, but that doesn't shine a light on what's optimal for you. Most of the time, values can fall within that normal range in the very early stages of disease because the range is so wide, it's really broad. So trends can actually be missed. Now, functional medicine, which takes a look at root cause, whole body, holistic, kind of some of the connections and the how things are related, functional medicine lab ranges are much more narrow and they're labeled more as the range is more optimal. So this shows any anything that's outside of that optimal range can start to show patterns or trends heading to a diseased state. A more narrow range can help catch issues sooner and are key for prevention. So for example, my vitamin D level was 25. Now for, for most people, they're like, well, what does that mean? So 20, the standard range, and, and again, different labs and different doctor's offices and different kind of organizations may have slightly different standard ranges, which is frustrating in and of itself, but just know that they can kind of vary and you can see differences. But the standard range for vitamin D 
based on my doctor's office, was is between 20 and 40. So I could assume I'm considered normal, right? I had 25 was my value. So it's within that 20 to 40 range. Well, functional ranges show an optimal range of 40 to 70 or 40 to, you know, 100. So in fact, I'm coming in well below optimal, right? So which one is correct? Personally, I value functional ranges more. So what this shows me is I am not optimal. I am not in my optimal range. And when you're you're low in something or deficient in something, there's a couple of things to think about. So with vitamin D, the main sources are through sunshine, food, or supplements. So it would be logical to think I'm not getting enough sunshine, vitamin D rich foods, or supplements. We want our levels of vitamin D to be nice and high. This helps with uh, prevention of inflammation and disease and hormone development and many other things. So when I think about not getting enough, I'm out in the sun daily. So the fact that my levels are suboptimal tells me that it's not necessarily a source issue. The second thing we want to look at is if it's not a source issue, meaning you're getting adequate amounts, the next thing to look at is conversion or absorption of that particular nutrient. So you may be asking, well, what would tell you if it's a conversion or absorption issue? Well, we take a look at other values. One of the other values specifically with vitamin D that could be looked at was cholesterol. So my cholesterol numbers were last taken in 2019, so three years ago. And I asked them during this visit to run them again, but they didn't because they said they were low and in a healthy range the last time, so they were going to wait another year or two, which is kind of absurd, but, you know, I'll play along. It's fine. When I looked back at my 2019 values, my total cholesterol was 120. So to give you an idea, they want that number under 200. So to their point, yes, it's considered low and healthy. Well, many people don't take into consideration or they don't talk about the fact that cholesterol can also be too low, which can cause a number of other issues. Now, what's considered too low, in my opinion, varies on the person. Cholesterol provides the structure for cell membranes and cell communication. It also is involved with that myelin sheath structure for the nervous system and nerve regulation. And it's also the backbone for adrenal hormones and sex hormones and ding, 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 vitamin D. So it's not my role, of course, to be diagnostic, but you could make the connection that my lower cholesterol levels could play a role in my, and also my low vitamin D values. Now my vitamin D back in 2019 was 19. So, um, so it's gone up a little, but the fact that that was low back then when my cholesterol was also low is something to consider. So this wasn't even the lab values that I really wanted to talk to you about today. It was just something that I thought was kind of interesting. Always, 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 always ask why something is out of range. It's easy to get back, oh, your vitamin D level is low. You should just take a supplement. But we need to ask why. Why is it low? Is it low because you're not outside getting enough vitamin D sunshine? Are you not getting enough vitamin D rich foods, which are kind of hard to find? There are there are fewer vitamin D rich foods than most things, but it's not impossible to find. Um, are, are you getting a supplement? Do you need a supplement? But the bigger issue as with myself, are you absorbing it? Is there a, a functional thing going on that is preventing you from either creating or 
converting it properly or absorbing it properly. There's, there's multiple layers to something being out of range. So always, always, always ask why. Now, the lab value that I found most interesting, or one of the things that I found interesting, was one you may not have even have heard about. It's the MCH, and MCH stands for mean corpuscular hemoglobin, and it helps you determine anemia, and specifically types of anemia. Now, my value was high in both the standard and the optimal reference ranges. And this indicates a B12 and or folic acid deficiency. Now, similar to the vitamin D example, you may hear that and simply think, oh, okay, she's got anemia, that's common. She just needs to eat more iron. Nope. With this specific type of anemia, vitamin B12 is going to be the important thing to take a look at. And just like the vitamin D example, don't just stop at something being high or low, ask why. So to start, we want to take a look at the quantity consumed, of course, but also the absorption of it. Now, because this is me, I know that I'm not low on vitamin B12 rich foods. So I start to then think about conversion and absorption issues. Now, one of the things vitamin B12 needs around if it's going to be absorbed is something called intrinsic factor. This is released in the stomach. When your HCL levels increase, it helps release the intrinsic factor. So let's take a step back. I wanna, I wanna paint the picture for you so you really kind of grasp and understand this. So when you eat something, it falls into your stomach and your stomach senses that there's food in there. So the levels of HCL or hydrochloric acid or stomach acid raise up. They raise up a little bit, which triggers the release of different enzymes and specifically it releases intrinsic factors so that certain nutrients like vitamin B12 and proteins can be broken down and absorbed. If there's no intrinsic factor, the absorption does not happen. So what would cause intrinsic factor not to be released is lower levels of hydrochloric acid or stomach acid. Low levels of HCL or hydrochloric acid or stomach acid is actually a condition. It's called hypochloridria and it's very common. Low HCL can be caused by things like viruses or high stress levels, too much alcohol or too many antacids, um, too much um, inset use, uh, poor food choices like high sugar and refined carbohydrates or even excessive carbs because carbs can um, deplete critical cofactors. Also, zinc deficiency can cause low stomach acid levels. There's a number of things that can cause it. So again, when it comes to taking a holistic approach, it's usually not just one thing that causes something to be off balance. Personally, looking back on this time frame, it was likely for me a combination of higher stress and not enough protein and zinc, um, because I know kind of what my diet was like when this around the time that all this kind of started, and it makes sense that there was probably not enough protein and zinc. So I wanted to bring up my example because without asking why, without digging deeper into something, you don't get to the root of the issue. So I could have just saw those numbers and thought, oh, okay, I just need to take a B12 supplement. Because the issue is likely low stomach acid though, which impacts the intrinsic factor like we talked about, which is needed to absorb the B12, no matter how much supplementation of B12 I did, it probably wouldn't have helped because it wasn't getting absorbed anyways. So again, this is not meant to be a diagnosis thing. In fact, if you are listening to this, I want you to seek out your doctor before you change anything or add anything or do anything. But using my example, it actually helps. It helps 
it helped me to know what to then ask my doctor the next time I go in. There are tests to confirm a B12 deficiency or an iron deficiency or different deficiencies. Seeing these values sets us on the path down that road. You just have to know what you're looking for. And hypochloridria explains the vast majorities of my symptoms at that time. I had weak nails that were peeling and breaking and, and um, chipping. I had stomach distension or kind of that bloating feeling after I ate a lot of uh, different types of foods. And of course, my energy issues. And it was, was something that was initially a biggest the biggest red flag for me. Um, now, to break it down, if you're like, what in the world do your nails have to do with your stomach acid? Well, weak nails is a sign of protein malabsorption. Protein, as I mentioned, also needs hydrochloric acid to help it be broken down. So if your stomach acid levels are low, you're, you might not be breaking down the proteins into an absorbable format for your body. Now, the stomach distension or that bloating shows that the foods weren't being broken down properly and they would pass through the digestive system in unbroken down particles, which causes inflammation and it causes that gut bacteria to ferment them, which causes that bloating and that distension. I mean, the distension can be very bad. If you've ever had bloating or distension after eating certain foods, it's painful. I mean, for me, it looked like I was three months pregnant after eating certain meals. So it can be very uh, disruptive. And now the energy issues, of course, can also be explained by that because, well, for one, energy or lack of energy or fatigue or any of those feelings can have a number of causes. But for this, one of those reasons could be malnutrition, specifically from things not being broken down properly. And of course, also the B12 issue, if that's not being absorbed due to the low intrinsic factor, due to the low HCL, B12 is one of the nutrients that... Um, is really, really important for cell energy and cell metabolism. So also one of the symptoms I was having was dizziness and that, that kind of like a heart palpitation or kind of a spasm more in the heart muscle. And this can be, of course, from a number of things as well, like stress. But when I look at my electrolytes from my lab values, specifically, I was looking at the sodium, the potassium, the chloride, and the calcium. I realized that individually, none of these numbers were out of range. But when you follow the functional medicine kind of approach, there's an electrolyte formula based on labs, which involves adding some of the values and subtracting them. We don't have to get into that. But my end results showed that I was, in fact, out of range with my electrolytes, which completely made sense because that can cause dizziness and heart palpitations and weakness and some of those things that I was having. I was also slightly dehydrated, which was evident uh, by my lab work as well. So the point of me telling you all of this is trust your body. If your labs come back normal, but you don't feel normal, then it's not normal to you. A lot can be figured out using simple standard lab testing if you take the time to kind of dig a little bit deeper. So if it's been a while since you've had your labs done or been to your doctor in general, please take this opportunity and this time to schedule your annual visits, especially if you aren't feeling energetic and healthy. Getting to the root of something before it's beca it becomes a full-blown diagnosis or a disease will save you so much time and energy and money in the long run. And even if you're feeling amazing right now, still go in and get your labs done so that you can use this as a reference point of when you felt your best. Down the road, you may not be feeling your best. And you can then see where some of the increases or decreases are happening, which can, again, save you time and get you feeling better so much sooner. 
So again, action task for this week is to schedule your annual visits, get your basic labs done. I got all this info from a CMP, a CBC, and a simple vitamin D test. These are all pretty standard for most doctors to run at a simple annual wellness visit. So again, if you aren't feeling well, it's time to figure out why. Schedule your doctor appointment, and if you need help connecting the dots with how you're feeling, your food choices, and what your labs are saying, I do offer single session appointments where we can walk through some of this. I'll put the link below. Um, again, I don't diagnose, but I can help you get on the right track and help you to have the questions and ask your doctor the right questions to get you to feel better faster. Now, if you're wondering, what do you do to increase your hydrochloric acid? There's a number of things that can be done. Um, one of which is apple cider vinegar has been shown to help increase hydrochloric acid. But the thing that is most researched is uh, taking HCL tablets. Now, this is not something I'm going to get too in detail with on this podcast because there's a lot of things you need to consider when you are talking about the dosage of taking a betaine HCL tablet, but it is something you can talk with your doctor or a nutrition professional or um, somebody in the medical field about to get you on the right dose. And it's supposed to be a temporary thing. Having additional supplementation for um, HCL to help boost up your levels, help your body naturally kick it into gear. So it's not supposed to be a long-term thing that you have to take forever. Um, so anyways, I hope that this has been helpful for you. If it was helpful, please let me know. I'd love to connect with you on social media. Tell me your story. And again, if you uh, have any questions or if there's a specific topic that you want me to cover in future episodes, please reach out. I'm happy to cover the topics that are important to you. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great rest of the week. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Food Factor Podcast. It is my personal mission to help people make the best food choices that they can for their particular situation. So if you found this episode helpful, I would be so grateful if you would share it with a friend or a family member or somebody who needs to hear this information and also leave me a review. Those are the things that help get this podcast seen and heard by more people who could use the help as well. I really appreciate your support. Thank you so much for listening.